When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the left side. This is the right side. Welcome back, everybody. We're at the approximately 90-minute mark in the session, but in the Ska Punk Tournament, we've only gotten halfway through round one. <laughs> A lot of Ska. And that, well, and there was also four uh, play-in rounds, so we got through, we got through, you know, opening remarks, play-in rounds, four first-round matchups. So the bands that are, are have made it I've already made it to the second round are Sublime, Less Than Jake, No Effects, and The Suicide Machines. And we've got eight more bands to queue up against each other in round one. Any thoughts before we step right back into the bracket action, Joey? Like, have you found it's been about two weeks since mm-hmm. we recorded part one because we're doing this at our own damn leisure. Yeah. And uh, also, it should be said that it is possible we will be interrupted here on this episode because Jaffrey, my wife is in early labor right now. Uh, but Soren is asleep and there's not really anything to do. So she's going to watch her show and I'm going to do this, but at any moment, quite, quite, not just theoretically, quite plausibly at any moment, uh, things could kick into active labor and I will be saying farewell. It will be a very short part two, perhaps if that happens. And uh, heading off to the hospital. So yeah. that's possible, but not not likely, because it's already been about 24 hours of early labor. So probably that's not going to happen. Well, and I, I, I ra- I'd rather you reframe it instead of saying, you know, not having anything to do, implying I think that there is nothing more important for us to be doing at this moment than... <laughs> Oh, you're than, you're taking than a... figuring out than figuring out which <laughs> '90s ska punk band arbitrary arbitrarily yeah. chosen song goes better against another band's randomly chosen. Yeah, song. because you know what? A world where we haven't determined the winner of this tournament, yeah. I don't want my son to be born into that yeah. world. <laughs> that's not that's not an experience yeah. I'm excited just, to have. Yeah, just tell Jeffrey to hold on for a few more minutes here, <laughs> and then when we're ready, I'll say, "Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, yeah. pick it up." <laughs> Okay. Wow. Nice. Yeah. I was we like, did, I didn't do didn't any of those jokes one. in yeah. <laughs> part one. Oh man. Okay. So let, let's dive in then. So we've got uh, eight bands left in round one to compete. First up Goldfinger versus five iron frenzy. Now I believe I said this last time, but five iron was my gladiator pick. So I chose all their songs. Um, and from Goldfinger, 
we will get Superman. Speaking of going back to Tony yeah, Hawk, Tony, yeah, pro Tony Hawk. skater. Here's Superman by Goldfinger. great track yeah it takes me back for five iron frenzy i actually think that they did some of their best work on the album five iron frenzy Two electric boogaloo and it's like they've still got the horns going kind of like that goldfinger song there's parts that are like regular ska but then they're doing that kind of um distorted palm muted guitar thing with horns and that's mm. not as common like they're kind of, they're, I don't know, they're getting like a little bit more blendy. And I think that Five Iron does a really good job on this record, sort of making interesting sonic blends and not just doing ska verse, punk chorus, ska verse, punk chorus. For instance, this song, Far, Far Away, which is going to go up against Superman. curious to hear what you're gonna say um i mean that's when i kind of stopped listening to five iron frenzy honestly oh i would imagine that you had not heard that song was my guess i don't i don't know that album really at all um i know they're they're all the albums leading up to that one i was looking at the order of them um yeah like it was i'm surprised how quickly i just sort of hit pause on them Um, well ska had a pretty pretty quick skid yeah and And then it was very uncool that yeah. was like the year that I graduated from college and, you know, was exploring other interests. And yeah, I wasn't listening to any ska at that point. Yeah. This um, record came back uh, later on when someone was like, dude, did you did you miss that record? Because it's really cool and it's not just like a ska mm-hmm. record. And then I went back and I was like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah. Well, and, the, and it's almost like the opposite with that Goldfinger song where I have 
so many memories of that song, like just listening to it, but also like, you know, playing Tony Hawk and like, yeah, that almost, I can't tell if that quite works against it or if that actually helps it. But, um, yeah, it was almost, that song was almost overplayed for me probably, um, for a while, but I mean, song versus song, the way they're hitting me now, like, I think I'll go with Goldfinger. Um, yeah. okay. It, the five iron song, it's, it's fine. It doesn't, it feels a little like, I don't know that it, it doesn't have the energy that I think I liked mm. in a lot of other five iron stuff. Yeah. Um, and you know, like you said, they were trying new things, which is cool and they're allowed to do that and they should, but, yeah. um, it's not, yeah, it's not hitting me. Let's talk about them as we say goodbye. Then they were, they have been among the most important bands of my entire life. I mm -hmm. would say like, I think more, probably more than any other artist, musical artist, maybe, maybe five iron. And then after that, David Bazan slash Pedro the lion in terms yeah. of like kind of helping me narrate becoming an adult and thinking about faith in more complex terms, as well as other like social issues, sociopolitical issues, you know, uh, justice, income inequality, war, um, but then also like applying the you know, starting from the same basic backdrop as my evangelical upbringing. So shared language, shared core values, but then like calling bullshit on shallow forms of religion. And I mean, you know, Reese is still, still writing today, writing, they're releasing records and he's talking on podcasts and he's, you know, he's like saying the same message. Like he's been saying what the Trump evangelicals need to hear right now. He's been mm. saying the same thing to those exact same people since I was in seventh grade. Wow. <laughs> Good for That's him crazy. for sticking with it, I guess. Yeah. You know, like, um, well, I think he's pretty articulate. And, yeah. you know, so I don't know. It's it's just like, they're so important. I mean, and then musically, like this was a big thing when there was occasionally a Christian band that was good enough to play in the big leagues. And we had pretty much two punk bands, MXPX for sure. Mm -hmm. And Slick Shoes, depending on where you look or who you ask. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and Five Iron is the only ska band that yeah. could do the ska against racism tour, could tour with less than Jake, could like... You know, they mostly did Christian stuff, uh, especially later in their career. Uh, but but they also were accepted in that world. And yeah, so I, I mean, anything, what was your, like, what was your relationship to the band? Um, well, so like I said, they were, that was the first ska song that I was ever aware of. Was Yeah, that, a flowery song. Yeah, and just, um, uh, yeah, they, you know, I was like knee deep in like, linden uh you know which is a very conservative christian religious town um like knee deep in like linden youth group life and yeah, yeah um, you were <laughs> and it was like it was i mean that music like i listened to it a ton like i would say them and mxpx were the two bands that like for me i probably listened to them more than any other two bands and they did fully like they shaped me probably in ways I didn't realize or don't realize, um, you know, like you've alluded to sort of their, their critique of like, you know, white Christian treatment, like colonialism, you know, treatment of native Americans. Um, yeah. You know, like that song blue comb 78, all about like losing your innocence in your childhood. And mm -hmm. so 
they definitely dealt with like heavy topics. He's a fantastic a, lyricist. I think. Yeah. And like through a genre that is like, I think one of my favorite types of like pop music in general are the like melt the songs that can bring you a melancholy um like depth through like something a little more hot, like upbeat and peppy sometimes like i think yeah. there's really interesting artistry that happens when you know bands do that and um i think five iron did it fairly well where they would be so silly on stage. And then like, I talked, you know, I talked to them multiple times, like back, like after concerts and stuff. And mm -hmm. they were just super, like, they weren't goofy youth group kids when you actually talked to them, you know, they were genuine and like conversationally, like they could hang and like share kind of their stories. And, um, so no, I thought that they were like a really interesting band. Um, and yeah. And they were just like fun at the same time. Like their live show was, I remember taking one of my friends to see them when I was going to college down in Southern California. And I was like, these guys are awesome. Right. And he's like, their music is terrible, but they're so entertaining. Like I remember him just being <laughs> enthralled yeah. and hate, hating the music, but thinking like this band's awesome at the same time. And so like they, they, I don't know, they threaded a lot of little needles to keep people engaged. And um, I mean, I'm, kind of blown away that they've been doing stuff still like recently, even yeah. like in the Some last quite like, good, five years. Honestly. Yeah. And so it kind of makes me want to check them out again and see if they still hold up for me. But, um, I mean, they definitely like filled a spot in my life and like my own kind of evolution in my appreciation of music. And, you know, I discarded them pretty, pretty r rapidly and walked away and kind of a bummer, but also I'd have no regrets about, being into them, you know, they weren't, it's not cringy to listen back to them and think about how much time I spent listening to them. So I appreciate them. For sure. I mean, let me just play a little bit of, this is from 2015, an EP called Between Pavement and Stars. And the song is called Between the Pavement and the Stars. Uh, listen to this chorus. This is a good chorus. Just keep on and the plot keeps sickening So please be strong And all this time You've never given up And you never give it out And all this time You can never go back But you never up or down Between the pavement And all the stars Beneath the Yeah, it's interesting. It's like if you didn't have the context of their background and what they came out of hearing that, it didn't, I'm, you know, there's the muted horns, but other than yeah. that, like it doesn't sound like a ska song at all. Like it's really yeah. interesting. Yeah. And it's cool that they have continued to evolve and they're like, yeah, that's, I mean, like he's vocally, not just lyrically, but vocally, he's, he's got, he's got some range too. He really does. I, I think that, you know, I talk a lot on, I mean, I've talked, with, I talked with you in person about it, Joey, but I talk a lot on You Have Permission, my other podcast about my story of religious faith uh, really kind of became my own as I got into punk rock. Mm -hmm. And that's also when I turned 14, 13, 14. And, you know, there's like neurological development reasons for that, for kind of being able to make concepts your own. I think if you looked at psychologist Scott Erickson's stages of... Um, 
neurosocial development or whatever it's called, psychosocial development, uh, you know, it would line up with that basically like a consensus mm-hmm. view of what's going on in a 13 to 17 year old's brain in terms of what we're capable of. But I got into ska first mm. and you know, real big fish was not making me think about colonialism, genocide, income inequality, uh, moral and political hypocrisy. Uh, MXPX kind of was, but in a much more ham fisted way, frankly, than the way that five iron does. Mm-hmm. And then I got into the punk bands and I got into propaganda and no effects. And, you know, you get exposed to all the sort of sociopolitical left leaning punk stuff, but, but like five iron was first, you know, I heard green day and rancid before I got into ska, but they weren't they weren't really pushing those buttons for me. They weren't really mm-hmm. causing me to think. And, uh, you know, not everybody can get me thinking, you know, like, uh, you know, for instance, like in Chaucer's Canterbury Tales, Joey, where <laughs> three men find a pot of gold and they're killing one another in the name of greed. You know that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, just like that. Some people are poison. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's, when, that's when Tim Armstrong tries to like, you know, do the political thing that I think Reese does a lot more naturally. So I just, I love the band. Maybe we'll play one more clip. Do you have anything you'd like to hear? Oh man. Um, Not necessarily like no specific songs stand out to me. Like when I think back and like look back as like standouts, I mean, there's like their songs that are like really like they're kind of more worshipy that were interesting to listen to back in the day. Um, And I think like they probably don't, do the same thing for me anymore as much. And yeah. but those were almost like a different type of appeal than just mm-hmm. like a lot of their more like just ska like centric, just like, wow, I like this music. I can play it and not have to listen to the lyrics. Um, the album that I definitely liked the most, I think was um, the one that has like, it has superpowers on it, I think. And yeah. So that's um, our newest album ever. That yep. one. Yeah. I remember listening to that one a lot. And then uh, the one that is that the same one that has the Canada song on it? Yep, or is that, Canada. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. So that album, like I, that I left that in my CD player for probably yeah. months on end. Um, well, let's, okay. Let's play another track from that. Like, I actually think that this chorus for the song sucker punch mm-hmm. is really actually, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about handbook for the sellout and here's why. Cause I want to tie it back in to kind of the the non-Christian, the general market ska scene. We're going to hear the song sell out next when Real Big Fish enters the tournament. That that lingo is going on, and and it's so it makes a lot of sense that Five Iron would write a song about that because that was sort of in the cultural moment, especially mm-hmm. in the 90s. Think about, like, what's the movie, the, like, Gen X movie with Edward, I think Ed Norton's in it, maybe Matt Dan, like... She gets, <laughs> she dates the like, you're supposed to root for this slacker character. Oh my gosh, this is insane. They talk say about anything? it a lot on The Ringer. Not saying say anything. Any- it's not John oh, no. Cusack. Okay. Reality yeah, Bites. It's Reality okay. Bites. Okay. That kind of Gen X Reality Bites thing um, is in the is in the culture, you know, Nirvana, don't want to be sellouts, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So this is kind of their take on that. And, and it's, there's like, the lyrics here are about, you know, you're the, you're the one who, made this band popular and now you're basically policing what they can and can't play mm. and do their art. 
but it's also just a super catchy song. Yeah. Amber for the sellout. You found a way to draw a line between the world and you. Faking your identity is true. Did you think the word alternative was only meant for the likes of you? Do you think that they're too cool now? Being popular is lame. All about trends and bandwagons mm. and you yeah. know that real big fix really fish song trendy okay well that was a very uh extended tribute to five round frenzy but you know i was never going to do a ska punk episode that didn't include a lengthy no. tribute to five round frenzy so i feel like we we checked off that box which needed to happen we gave them their fair shake we did uh more than it mm-hmm. now this is interesting joy we've got real big fish up against operation ivy Now, I said at the beginning, Op Ivy is really the sort of like the common ancestor of essentially this whole tournament, even though the the Clash technically incorporated ska and punk and kind of combined them. The the like really quick back and forth directly between ska and punk in many, many songs that goes through Op Ivy. And yet they got a lot of airtime on our Rancid versus No Effects episode. They did. And so... Just like we mentioned with, I, I think I mentioned it for no effects that they didn't, most of their ska songs didn't really play. So they didn't, didn't get um, handicapped, but Rancid and Op Ivy are getting pretty severely handicapped. Songs that were central in that tournament, we are not hearing today. So we're getting different songs than we heard. Okay. Um, would you say that like, when you think of The Clash and Op Ivy, that like the clash definitely were one of the first bands to ever dabble at all in doing this. Like, I feel like op Ivy kind of created the genre though. Um, I think that the, you know the, I mean? the 90s, like the third they, wave ska punk we think of, they, I think they created yeah, it. Like they kind of yeah. opened the door for that. Like, cause the clash, when they did it, it just, it sounded weird and it was the clash and they did it. And it was just a thing that the clash did, you know, like not a lot of bands, I think probably had aspirations to like keep that, torch going and i feel like op ivy just kind of were like we're we're gonna build a whole band around that sound and um so it's it's interesting to think of like like you know definitely the clash and other like ska artists you know like specials and like madness and stuff early on were probably you know dabbling in like the punk ska thing a little bit but like i feel like op ivy like that's the band that made a lot of other bands think, oh, I can build an entire band around this one sound of just combining these two styles of music. Yeah, I think that's true. What people will say is that Fishbone predates Op Ivy. Mm, yeah, but told, yeah. Fishbone is also bringing in additional genres. Op Ivy yeah. is just ska and punk. They're like a band, like a band like Squad Five O, deep cut to the real heads out there. Some of these like. <laughs> pretty shitty ska punk bands you could you could do that now i like some of their later stuff but you can do that it's like the ultimate commoners music you just Mm. need a distortion pedal and a clean tone and like we're not you don't you don't need to be able to play funk like fishbone can you know you don't need to like be great musicians in that way you can just do this and be snarly but you have this second and then if you get horns even better kind of a thing 
And that comes through Op Ivy. But so we're going to get, they're going to get handicapped here. Uh, from Real Big Fish, we're getting Sellout. And from Operation Ivy, we're getting Bad Town. So whereas Op Ivy, spoiler alert, cleaned house against Rancid and No Effects albums, uh, they're going to go up against Sellout. So here's Sellout by Real Big Fish. I'm back in the Mervyn's parking lot in my yeah. mom's car, listening to KOME 98.5 in the San Jose area. No, that, that definitely takes me back. Like, I don't know if I've heard that song since like 1999 or whenever. Like, oh, it, it has remained in my rotation, sir. Okay. Big wow. time. Good for you. Oh, Good yeah. job. I listen to a fair You're bit loyal. of ska still. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm back into it. I took, I took a decade off, but I, I came back. Uh, Bad Town by Op Ivy. They caught a scene, I caught disaster Down here the kids grow faster Scared, it's killing a bone Pack of words they don't want alone One on one they won't look me in the eye But when the pack's together there's a battle cry I saw it, fifteen on one The crowd dispersed, the kids were done I don't envy you this decision. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I even at this moment, I don't know. Um, Let's talk it out. So, tell me, express yourself right now. What are you feeling? Production, production-wise, I mean, obviously, Real Big Fish had a few more. Or at least maybe the benefit of oh for sure way more, more money more money I actually, at their disposal better I technology. like the sound now of the Op Ivy recordings more though because that first real big fish record turned the radio off I think they might have actually technically had like a indie record first maybe but that it sounds like it had they had some money but it's still this kind of thin nineties thing their next record why do they rock so hard actually sounds like really good to me still. Hmm. Whereas Op Ivy, it sounds bad. Like, like the Velvet Underground sounds bad. It's yeah. not very offensive. Um, and like, it's putting me in the room with them in a way that's mm -hmm. pretty cool. Like we yeah. talked about a lot on the Rancid No Effects one. So that it's kind of surprising. I, I thought that, I thought the production would win out. It obviously sounds better, but, or, you know, bigger, clearer. But I, what I like about Sellout is not the production it's actually just the it's incredible craft of like mm. putting together this like 
perfect pattern of rhythms and hooks and mm -hmm. uh, it's like so high energy. It's almost like it's almost like a classroom assignment to like write and arrange the most high energy thing you could. Hmm. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I mean, I, if it, I mean, hitting me now, like again, I enjoy the real big fish song a lot. I know for a fact, I will continue to listen to that op Ivy song. And so yeah. I feel like I need to stick with op Ivy here and wow. it's, um, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, give the impression that like anything Tim Armstrong does just gets a blank check from me here, but, um, in these tournaments, but it, I, I, I still, I still enjoy that music and yeah, I mean, it's kind of fun. Like that's the, only, I think it's the only Op Ivy song that actually has horns in it. As far yeah, as I know, there might be might one be, other. Yeah. Um, they didn't really use them much. So it was interesting to hear that because that didn't come up in our previous tournament at all, but right. And that's, I think it's one of the only Op Ivy songs where Tim actually does almost all the vocals. Yeah, he's lead vocal. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I'm just going to go with it. I'm going to go Bad Town. I'm not going to apologize for it. I'm not going <laughs> to, um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let you oh, call me to the carpet to explain myself. No, no, I, I won't either. I'll just say Real Big Fish. There was a comment a, f a friend made when I was like really in the thick of my love for them. And he was like, they're the metal of ska bands. By which he meant like the sort of Judas Priest, Dio, like highly manicured British metal, like really efficient and like to the grid and like very, um, very virtuosic players, kind of this like maximalist ska. Okay. Okay. And I think that that's right. I think that that is what they are and they are totally fine with that. They're like yeah. theater kids, basically mm. doing what theater kids would do with a ska punk band if they came of age in the nineties. Uh, this song that I'm going to play now, cause they get another song too, because to, to hear, cause they're, this song is incredible. And this record is just, they kind of actually hit the thing they were going for on the next record, I think, but okay. it was never as popular. So the album is called, why do they rock so hard? And this song is called she's famous now, which I believe is about, he, he dated, I don't remember if it was Gwen Stefani or if it was, the lead singer of Save Ferris, maybe, or one of these bands, and the so the legend goes, you know, uh, dude from Real Big Fish, Aaron Singer, wrote this about like her getting more famous than him or whatever. Um, but whatever it is, it's a, it's a it's a typically kind of tongue in cheek, slightly humorous ska song. Um, it's not it's not a it's not critical. It's more okay. just like a woe. It's more woe is me than than uh, criticizing her for becoming. As, I mean, we're going to, now I might have to look at the lyrics fresh, but that's my, that's my memory of it. We'll see uh, how cringy it actually is. Yeah, now we'll that we see, we'll see, it. we'll see. Shoot, now I'm on the hot seat. <laughs> I've got the music, she's got the mugs. I'm sick of waiting by the door in case she comes home. You won't believe it, but don't you want to know? Singing too high tonight, I'm gonna lose my voice I heard her on the radio, don't wanna sing along But I've got no choice She used to be my girl, but now she's famous She used to be my girl, but now she's 
What do you think about that? Musically, that sounds a lot like Save Ferris to me. <laughs> Honestly, like, and I don't think it's because yeah. you just said that. Like, there was, yeah. it sounds a lot like um, The World is New, I think, is, is that yeah. one of Yeah, those which yeah, uh, like, we will probably hear. We'll hear that next, actually. Okay. Yeah. But no, it's a good song. But like the maximalism thing fits, I think, because yeah. they're fitting like very bright sounding horns into like every possible moment every and not overly yep. so like no, it's really tastefully done yeah, yeah. that's good yeah uh tasteful i don't know it's 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 maximalist so it's not always mm -hmm. tasteful in that sense but like it is i mean that's it's song effective. It, it's effective cooks i mean I, yeah, yeah it cooks it just takes me on a fun ride i listen to i like a lot of that record um not as popular oh well okay rancid versus save ferris now rancid we heard so many rancid songs and like seven of them or whatever were ska or ska tinged. So we really, we've skipped so many of their best ska songs. They're, they're, they're severely handicapped here. Yeah. I would say. Uh, so we're going to get some different tracks. And first we get Up to No Good from Let the Dominoes Fall. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. No one is safe here. We're all in danger. Get that corridor. Robin, I ran circuit, I feel locked Lock your doors now, I hear a knocking What's it no good, what's it no good Like a spark on wire, lost spit of wood Best intentions get misunderstood But that motherfucker is up To no good, up to no good, up to no good I feel standing, making moves in the night. He's a force man. What did no good? What did no good? Like a spark on wild. It's like Paul Verhoeven making B movies. It's like even when it's a B movie, if he makes it, it's like kind of great. But that's well, a B. It's a B rancid song for sure. Yeah, but it's um, it's funny because like that out like that album, but like most rancid albums. I went through a long stretch when they would put out a new album and I, th I think I still kind of do this without thinking. I typically like listen to the tracks for like the first minute or uh -huh. 30 seconds, which is like half of a rancid song. Um, <laughs> and I honestly like, I look for those ska songs first for some reason. Oh really? Like, Interesting. Oh yeah. That's, that's typically like, those are my like entry points into like what I tend to enjoy first of their music. Hmm. And I, I still remember the first time I heard that song, like, um, and it's, it's such a fun song. Like lyrically, it's really, I'm like, who, who's, he, who's this guy talking about? Like, but, uh, like, I don't know, he'll, he'll even steal the plaster off the ceiling. Like, is he, yeah. is he just like, is this a friend of his that's into petty crime or, is, <laughs> or, is this, or is maybe this, like, it's like record label type people. I yeah. mean, there's a lot of. That's or it's a like a metaphor. Motif. Yeah. yeah. So it's um, but it's but fun. Yeah. I like it. It's fun. It just it seems like a it's a lesser work by him, I think, in terms mm -hmm. of like that chorus is catchy, but it's very repetitive. It's not it's not really a hook. It's almost more like a catchphrase. Mm -hmm. Um but parts of it are really great. The one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight works really well. Like it's like they dress it up so cool. Like e even if, in my opinion, it's not as strong of a song. Anyway. That is up against The World is New, Save Ferris's lone non cover song radio hit. 
feel like I don't have a dog in this fight, honestly. <laughs> no, <laughs> not really. Um, so yeah, that's. I mean, I like that song. The horns are a little too much for me, almost. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna go with Rancid. Uh, yeah. That's it's it's good though. Like they did that genre well. Save Ferris and yeah, yeah. Um, it's a catchy song. Yeah. I actually and, I feel like the chorus especially. I don't know. It's there. There's still a little cringe to it. Like it. It's a little bit like, wow, that really was a radio hit. This was very popular in the '90s, and that felt like odd to remember that. It's. I mean, it's really catchy. It's just weird that this was being played on like alternative radio. It's weird when you think about how. I mean, even like the rancid stuff that's scoff more. Like it's. It's like these tough, cool, like punk rockers and they're just playing like happy middle school kid music kind of and yeah that's one thing i love about it right but it's just such yeah. a funny it's such a funny moment that like bands pulled this off for like five years and got people to just like play this alongside like and this is probably yeah. this is like late 90s at this point right so yeah this is like 90s. after a grunge really hit its peak yeah and this it is like, kind of it's it's like counter programming or like a yeah it's like a grunge hangover cure. Yeah, it's almost like there wasn't enough interesting stuff in like the rock world. And they kind of like, and, and there was some disillusionment probably after like grunge and yeah. kind of what happened to that genre. Think about so, Smash Mouth, you know, Walking yeah. on the Sun and All Star. Yeah. Like that's, this is actually in a very similar vein as that. It's like, hey, we let, let's brighten things up. We're not our Gen X older brothers and sisters. Like we mm -hmm. want- we actually want something a little more peppy. Yeah. And uh, speaking of which, uh, a great little peppy song by the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, mm -hmm. the impression that I get. And this is going to be going up against Streetlight Manifesto. Yeah. So here's the impression that I get. Have you ever been close to tragedy or been close to folks who have? Have you ever felt the pain so powerful, so heavy you collapse? No, well, I never had to knock on wood, but I know someone who has, which makes me wonder if I could, it makes me wonder if I just think of them playing that on like Conan or Let probably Letterman. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure, but I had a VHS recording of them <laughs> doing that on one of those late night shows. And yeah, I was with like, the dude, with, he... the dan with their dancing buddy the on dancer. Yeah. Who didn't play any instruments. And I would like figure out how to play that on guitar. And the, the, the day I could actually finger that intro, I was like, I've made it guys. I have arrived. I can play this ska part. This is up against uh, Streetlight Manifesto's track Keys Be Nights, which I believe is an album title by the band that the one dude was in, Catch-22. I think this is his next next project, I believe. So this is the song, or maybe it's just a song that they redid. Uh, but here's Keys Be Nights by Streetlight Manifesto. When they come for me, I'll be sitting at my desk with a gun in my hand wearing a bulletproof vest. In my mind, the 
that feels so good yeah. Cruising the hood, yeah. straight to the real world Rich kids never understood, but I don't care I can fade away to anywhere, don't stop Cause you might get shot, yeah. and if you do Who's gonna pick you up? Well I won't Well I won't The old place lost our Okay, mm. I think something's becoming kind of clear to me is like that band, I think, and Catch-22 before them are in this vein of like this kind of chaotic East Coast ska punk that, for instance, Jeff Rosenstock is like in the lineage of doing, for sure. you know, the, those two bands of his, Arrogant Sons of Bitches and Bomb the Music Industry that we've already heard. Like it's this kind of, it's, uh, it's anarchic, it's chaotic. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's doing the ska thing, but with a kind of, um, yeah, like an East coast snarl to it, I think is Mm -hmm. kind of the way to put it. And suicide machines being from Detroit do a little bit of that, but it's crisper and Mm -hmm. it's, it's badass. It's got that Detroit MC five Iggy pop thing going on. And then over in California, we are just like wearing Hawaiian shirts with permanent grins on our face, playing Pee-wee's playhouse in the background of our shows that's kind of the like regional influence that is coming to me now in real time as we think about this interesting uh um, where are the boston's from boston (laughs) okay that that makes sense yeah um very serious they've got the suits on yeah like a lot of their song that song's about like not getting tested for hiv i mean you know like they uh, they, they've got some, some deep, some kind of more serious, you know, lyrical content. Obviously this is not gonna be true of every band, but yeah. like they're, you know, anyway. Um, I'm tempted to do is, is pinch hitter the one where I, we hear the next song for by each, uh, that's rain delay, rain delay. Yeah. And what's pinch hitter again? You pick a song by one of the artists that oh, you'd okay. like to hear instead, man. Um, I think I might do the rain delay on on, the, okay. on these two bands. I feel it's like it's a little bit early to do that, but no, it's fine. Um, Here we're using rain delay up. Yeah, let's do Great. it. Great. So this next song is actually my favorite Boston song. It is called the rascal King. It's from the same album. Uh, let's face it. I think that's among the three or four best choruses we will hear mm. in this entire tournament, personally. Up against, not to put my thumb on the scale too much, We Will Fall Together by Streetlight Manifesto. I was you a guy obsessed with the afterlife. Oh, what a terrible day that was. You realized he wasted all his time thinking by, and he'd been left behind. And as the clock ticked off, his heart just stopped and everything he had was fine. And we know not we can you hear them go? Will we ever make it? Now? They watch us fall. We got the grand scheme. We're the one who 
really interesting, man. I don't know that band. Yeah. And I get why people who love them love them. That's like, that song was aiming at something pretty high. Yeah. Like, no, that doing... was, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm glad I did the rain delay because I'm definitely going to go with the boss tones. Um, yeah. But it, uh, that manifesto, I mean, I, I'm not sure how, I think they might have done better against some other bands possibly, but, um, I yeah, was really impressed tones, with like that track personally. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it was interesting. Like I want, I'd, I'd like to hear more and um, I didn't listen to them really much back in the day either. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that's probably my favorite Boston song too. Um, it's just, it's so smooth and like, yeah, it's like the opposite of that, of that, the other song we just heard. Like, it's yeah. so it's, it's just like, um, I don't know. It's, there's nothing very even punk about it. It's just like a smooth, like soulful, like ska song. Yeah. So I like totally. It. Yeah. The streetlight manifesto yeah. thing is really interesting. I heard, I hear a little bit of against me in there. I hear a little bit mm. of like, like I mentioned pup when we were talking about one of the other, those other bands, there's this stream of like, it's really confrontational and the, and the mm -hmm. use of the horns and stuff is almost like a non sequitur because like mm. that reads as so silly. But I also, I think that probably there's an organic quality to the punk and ska and other scenes on the East coast that engenders a different kind of expression than what I got in California and what you got in, you know, being North of Seattle or whatever. Yeah. yeah. It was just, it's very um, like that, the streetlight manifesto kind of vibe that you're kind of alluding to. It's very like jarring music. Yeah, it's jarring. And, That's a good word for it. Um, and so you're just like, whereas like the boss tones, you kind of sit back and it's just so, oh, just, yeah. and, and then, but yeah, the, the the manifesto song, you just you, like you want to sit up and just like you want to have like the lyrics in front of you almost, and you can't quite get comfortable in the song because it's yeah. going to be a crazy tempo change or a bunch of random instruments coming at you like that sound yeah. disjointed. And it's confrontational the way against yeah. me is confrontational. Yeah, I can see that. I think so. It's it's just using some different tools for it, basically. Okay, Joey, we are down to the elite eight, the eight final bands of the ska punk tournament. They are. Sublime, Less Than Jake, No Effects, The Suicide Machines, Goldfinger, Operation Ivy, Rancid, and The Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. Remember that Op Ivy and Rancid are pretty significantly handicapped because of how many songs of theirs we heard in our previous episode. Got it. Sounds good. I'm excited about all these bands. First up, it's going to be Sublime versus Less Than Jake. Now, we were chatting beforehand it can be hard to tell with Sublime when something is more reggae or more ska. So I'm going to just try and stick to songs where the tempo is such that it's pretty squarely in the ska world. So from Sublime, we're going to get the song Wrong Way, which I used to feel guilty about listening to <laughs> lyrically. It made me feel, it made me feel dirty uh, <laughs> growing up evangelical. And it's a very problematic song lyrically now for different reasons, but here we go. Wrong way. And he's 12 years old into Marshall B. War. Nobody ever told her it's the wrong way. Don't be afraid with the quickness you get laid for your family get paid. It's the wrong way. Running down to a chin And it ruins up her makeup And never 
that a song about him having sex with a 12 year old girl that yeah i when you see that when i I was reading through the lyrics as it was playing and i've never actually i mean i've i'm aware of random lines in that song um yeah. the full narrative is problematic probably isn't even a strong enough word it's well it's possible that the subject of that second verse is not her like mm. it might not be annie um Okay, that's generous. Well, I don't know. That's pretty generous. <laughs> I don't. I don't think you can make that argument. Wow. Well, yeah. that might okay. disqualify it from going on. <laughs> it depends on how you hear the science of selling yourself short by Less Than Jake here and now, and compare it to Wrong Way by Sublime. Here we go. I've come to my senses. So that song is not about having sex with a 12 year old girl, which already kind of recommends it in a head to head match mm -hmm. before anything else is taken into consideration. <laughs> to be clear, the, the speaker in the song, he doesn't say I, Brad, Bradley, the whole <laughs> was, was you with get Annie. Sued for defamation by his family. I mean, if he was literally admitting to statutory rape and in actual fact in that song, that is. I mean, I guess like hip hop artists will admit to yeah. claim, you know, crimes and stuff, but that's a little different. Yeah. It's not, it, it's not kid sex. No, I mean, know? and a lot of his like music, you wonder how much of it is actually autobiographical or not, you know, because yeah. he does write guessing, kind of character I, I don't think, songs I don't, for I don't sure. think a lot of it is, but um, yeah. Yeah. As, as I was listening to Sublime right there, I was like struck by two things. One is like how amazing that song sonically still sounds mm -hmm. yeah um and how much the sound of it still holds up great chord ch um, key changes it's it's really kind of unexpected in a lot of ways yeah yeah and just it just sounds good still but um and i was like thinking well i can't just like boot a band out of this for their just for their lyrics because this is but then i'm like no this is part of the song it's the whole package yeah, it is and usually we talk more about the sound and like whether that holds up but yeah i i feel like that song like if it if it's about how it sounds to me now, um, up against that Lesson Jake song, it's no question. Like I can't, yeah, I can't recommend Sublime continue in this tournament. <laughs> no, no, I'm ready. I'm canceling Sublime. They're canceled. <laughs> I I am I'm down to cancel that song. Yeah, uh, no, I'm not. I, I still like Sublime, but I I I actually I I feel like I've had to say in my life many times that I will not stand for Sublime Erasure because. They, I think there's a lot of kind of cultural, now maybe songs like this are the reason why, but mm -hmm. there's a lot of kind of cultural looking down their noses at Sublime, I think because of their fans, because of their visual aesthetic. And I get that. 
a kind of a, a cultural snobbery, mm-hmm. but they are just so good. Yeah. They're just, they are just the complete package and pretty quickly too. And, uh, so whatever, that's yeah. fine. So I will uh, say, I like we the debate- listen Jake song, by the way, it's a good song. We, yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it. It's, it's a little more like a slower for them. And, um, but it was fun. I think the sublime that we were talking about playing before this, and we decided was too reggae was bad fish, which if yeah. it was bad fish against that lesson Jake song, I think bad, I think sublime would have gone on. Um, let's just hear let's I, it'll play it'll play us out but i i do think it yeah. it it leans a little too far reggae yeah so sure. i i think that's fine but um let's let's hear sublime's uh bad fish when you grab a hold of me you tell me that i'll never be that song for me is sublime at their best like yeah there's a soul to his voice in that song that i think is really like he doesn't sound like some like i don't know 20 something dude with his shirt off in long beach like he yeah there's it's there's some real songwriting there that's pretty powerful yeah and like the imagery in that song is is confusing but interesting enough to like it's i've never really figured that song out lyrically but Mm. it's pretty powerful like some of the imagery and um you know compared to the nuance of him singing about what he sang about in that other song yeah the you know wrong way is interesting because if you like if you assume that it is uh a fictional account of a flawed man like giving in and because i i do think the song like the possibility that it is actually about him doing that is so radioactive mm-hmm. that it's hard to sort of separate that out, but it's a pretty sympathetic, it's almost like a Dickensian portrait of this young prostitute who's just had a shitty lot in life. And mm-hmm. she doesn't become a prostitute because she's like stupid or, right. or bad. It's like, this is what she grew up with. And then I'm in this situation, the speaker in the song, hopefully, and like I'm giving in too. I'm a part of the problem too. Like it's actually a quite astute song mm-hmm. in in its analysis. Uh, it's just very hard to get past the the headline essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a cool lesson, Jake song, by the way. I don't know that record anthem. Uh, looks like it's 2003. Yeah, I definitely had never heard that before, but. Good chorus, yeah. a little bit like a little bit kind of less uh, less going on there than yeah. than Sublime, but hey, you know what? They're a deserving band, and they've made it to the Mount Rushmore, the Final Four. So now we've got No Effects versus the Suicide Machines. We've got m- literally my high school backpack at war with itself. <laughs> uh, there probably was a time when their patches or stickers on the back of my car were in direct uh, line with each other. 
just like the inner turmoil in your own developing brain. Um, no. I'm also having a hard time here. I'm realizing that a couple of these no effects songs are actually more reggae. Mm -hmm. uh, Eat the Meek and Rico. Rico is interesting because it, it and then it's has, it's like punk it, it reggae. Breaks, it breaks into punk, but yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not really um, ska punk. So we're yeah, gonna go to their next is, one. Um, no, no, we, we already, already heard all that, yeah. so we're gonna hear 180 degrees, 180 right, okay. degrees, and this is definitely ska punk. For so sure. from no effects, we get 180 degrees. It's so easy to defend the status quo Cause everyone's so cool and cynical When you see the end, don't justify the means It's just that 180 degrees Great thing about being a human The ability to resent Dude, that is a heavy hitter of a song. Mm -hmm. However, it is up against a great track. Suicide Machines, Break the Glass. Each of those would have clobbered Less Than Jake and yeah. the Sublime track, but they're up yeah, against I each mean, other. Oh, man. I don't know but where the, I'm going to go on this one. Both honestly, of those songs so are like right at the center of the, they're the almond in the Hershey's Kiss of like this whole tournament. Mm -hmm, That's sure. like it. That, um, that chorus in that Suicide Machine song is so great. Key change. Yeah. Uh, also, I think it's uh, Rob Cavallo. Rob is that a skateboarder or the producer? Good question. There's a guy who did like Avril Lavigne and he like found Green Day. And uh, anyway, he mixed that record. Okay. I believe. And it sounds incredible for like a punk band's first album. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I mean, but that no my, effects song is great too. Like, yeah. Fantastic. I mean, my, the scale for me tips towards Suicide Machines on that one. Yeah. Um, that is one of my all time favorite no effects songs. Yeah. And it's on my favorite No Effects album. Yep, same. Um, yeah, like that song combines a lot of what I love about No Effects as a band, not just the ska punk side of what they do. Yeah, it's a great, the, the punk half is great punk. Yeah. And um, I mean, just, yeah, lyrically, it's it's a cool song. But um, I don't know, man, That the feeling I get when I hear that, like Suicide Machines, and it breaks into that, like what I was saying with the chorus, just yeah. like, it's so... It, it kind of just like comes out of nowhere and it's, it's got this like once it just sounds like a really fast ska punk song. And then mm -hmm. that chorus hits and it's just like full on punk rock, like, but it's super melodic. And, um, I think I'm going to have to go with suicide machines. 
I'm trying to you, think of the difference. You can, you can veto me. No, or, I, I or won't. Try to talk I actually, I'm so grateful. Like I, I'm stoked to see them go on because I love yeah. them. I think they're so underappreciated as a band. But I'm trying to figure out what it is. It's sort of like um, the No Effects track, and that record is in, in about as good as they ever sounded. Maybe pump up the volume. The next record sounds even a little more realized. The decline is right around that period. Sounds incredible. Um, that's when they're kind of sounding their best and it's, it's pretty, it's pretty surgical. Like it's, it's, it's very clear. It is almost mm. like a Metallica approach to what a loud record is going to sound like very percussive, um, very punchy. The suicide, suicide machines recording sounds like the new kids in town They've got enough of that Operation Ivy DNA still mm -hmm. in them, still kicking mm -hmm. around, where it's like it's a, definitely a bigger budget and like a very legitimate rock producer making it sound the way it sounds. Uh, he might have actually engineered it, not mixed it. Anyway, um, that record is like, I don't know who the band would be. Like, I don't know, maybe it's Pantera or something. I don't, I don't really know the other bands. That <laughs> yeah, you're throwing around Metallica. a lot of metal names here. I, I, that's... I, I, it's like Black Sabbath though. It's like, yeah. it's, it is like these kids with tremendous talent who are still a little bit fucking around a little bit. And it's like this messy recording. It's like MC5. Yeah. yeah, I would agree with that. Like, it's definitely, it doesn't sound as polished. It sounds like they're like, in terms of the recording, they're just like, they cram that chorus in kind of, it's almost awkward the way it hits at first. Um, but that's part yeah. of what makes it so great. But it's almost like it's almost like they should have waited an extra beat there to like launch it. And they just like it's like there's this manic energy to it where it's like they couldn't wait to get it great out. Word. And manic, great word. And you picture like this. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you I actually never saw them in concert, but you picture like this instant energy just like hitting you like a tidal wave from oh, yeah. this from the stage, right? And I can only imagine like the crowd and the interchange and um there's just like yeah and you know they're definitely a more true like straight up ska punk band yeah yeah like no, no effects punk band yeah. definitely i like that I like yeah that they reasoning. dabbled here yeah. and there but you know they're definitely more punk band and not that that's you know it's song against song but um yeah you, like that song is definitely suicide machines hitting that formula perfectly i feel like Insofar as the thing that made Op Ivy win that tournament that we kind of identified, mm. insofar as what that was, was this kind of, obviously it's hard to describe it with words, but it has to do with these younger kids with low budgets making something just out of the pureness of their spirit. Mm -hmm. And Suicide Machines, is it's a couple generations removed from that. But insofar as that was the thing that won them that tournament, the Rancid No Effects tournament, like Suicide Machines has a lot more of that than the No Effects track does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really, because because No Effects was so bad for so long, they put out so many records, and like I don't start liking tracks until like their fourth or fifth record, and so they had got all that out of their system. I would think by then, and they were like, okay, we're we are surgeons, like we know exactly what we're doing. And we know how to make the kick drum and like really pop in there and add all, you know, they just, they were um, master craftsmen by that point. And this is Suicide Machine's debut. And you can tell it sounds like a debut in the best way. Yeah. Well said. Um, 
Yeah, that's definitely like back for that one. They were not they were not a band that I was super into in this era when I was listening to a lot of this music. Um, or Joey. And I know I feel like I missed out like listening to yeah. them again. Like I obviously have heard that song many times, but um, it was never like they were never a top five band for me that I was mm. listening to at any given time. And but hearing that again, it makes me want to listen to them more. I feel like. I feel like I can make space for them in my life at this point as a mid forties um, father. You, of you can hold space children. for, you can hold space I, I, I for like the suicide machines. Yeah. And I don't have also, a lot of space for a lot of things right now. So that's, that's saying yeah. a lot. Also, Hey, it's a, it's a, uh, Thunder Road, Bruce Springsteen reference, suicide machines. So that's great too. The band name. Um, okay. Next up Goldfinger versus Op Ivy from okay. Goldfinger. We get a song I really love. From 1996, played it all over rock radio in the Bay Area, here in your bedroom from the self-titled. second verse mm -hmm. he's a real he's a real songsmith uh that john feldman up against from operation ivy artificial life in the market and the marketplace joey Those are some lyrics. Mm -hmm. Were they trying? You think there was a little like, let's do Lost in the Supermarket, but in our own way, kind of like, I know that. Yeah. There's yeah, a little bit. A little I mean, consumerism lyrically, there are critique. Yeah. And just, yeah, it's obviously uh, sonically very different, but. Um, can't can't hold a candle to Lost no, in the No, I mean. By the Clash. That's, uh, we're getting pretty deep into Op Ivy here. Um, so that that's really the question for me, right? Yeah. It's like, I still love what I'm hearing in artificial life, mm -hmm. but getting to like now the seventh track or whatever by them, you know, their seventh yeah. best song, like does the, does the craft of the Goldfinger song, which is obviously aiming lower mm -hmm. in, in like a cultural meaning sense. It's like a, you know, it's like an adolescent 20 something frustrated love song. Um, 
as opposed yeah. to like a like full on, you know, screed against decadent capitalism and shitty art. Uh, that's pretty pretty damn poignant lyrics for a, a, a twenty year old or whatever, yeah. however old Jesse was at the time. He was a he was a, he was a songsmith. Like he like as far as lyrics, he yeah, it's he had a lot to say and oftentimes not a lot of uh, like his the songs. He, he he was cramming a lot into every one of those songs. It's pretty wild. Like they're they're knocking bands. I I assume bands like Journey and and uh, Boston. You know, epic, mm-hmm. epic ballads by this. What is it? What does he call it? Epic ballads by the musical whores. Life is boring, so project theirs onto yours. Hear the anthems of the Pepsi generation. See the martyrs of our spiritual degradation. Like fuck yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is so good. But I'm not sure. Like, you know, song to song, including all of it. Like that. I like that song. I love that song lyrically. I don't love mm. it musically. Like I no. love unity, jaded knowledge, yeah. you know, those songs. Yeah. Um, here in your bedroom, that was obviously all over the radio. Like this would have been mid nineties. That make right? it all the 96. Did that make it all the way up to Linden? Oh, it made it to Tacoma where I saw them played on the warp tour. Mm-hmm. That was 96. I feel like it was earlier. Um, came out 96. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, no, I, I remember seeing them play that, uh, like I have a distinct memory of that and thinking that I like that was my song of that summer for sure. Like that was oh, the one. Wow. I was, you really yeah, loved I, that song. I, yeah. I love that song. Um, you know, and I still like, it's not, it doesn't hold up as well for me, but I think it sounds great still in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like um, I do like the little like key changes that he does where he like mm-hmm. raises it up a little partial octave for the next verse, you know? And, and we didn't hear if we had gone farther, like it's a, it's a bunch of really kind of unexpected switching back and forth yeah. from Scott to punk, not in places you'd necessarily expect. Yeah. When he breaks like into the chorus and, and he's like, yeah, later, yeah. It sounds almost like not even, it sounds a little bit like it's a pretty epic chorus. Like it was, yeah. you know, and that's, I think what I remember about it was like, you know, you're outside at the warp tour. It's like a sunny day and it's not, like scream in your face, fist raising punk rock. Like it's really, it's like, it feels like it was written for the radio. Like it was written yeah. oh, totally. as, as like a radio single. And, but it sounds pretty good to me still. Um, yeah. so I'm going to have to go with Goldfinger on this, honestly, which is kind of a bummer. I mean, we've given I feel like it's like Creed. a I feel lot like of love. I feel like it's Creed, like Creed knocking out Nirvana out of like a, <laughs> it's like the. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I know what you, you know, mean. It's just, but I mean, and that's not very nice to say because Goldfinger's a good band, but um, it's uh, it feels a little blasphemous. Um, but I song versus song, like you know, here in your bedroom holds up for me still. I'll still listen to it, I'm sure. And mm-hmm. I don't necessarily like Op Ivy. I, I don't go super deep into their music most of the time when I'm listening yeah. to them. Um, it's a few tracks. So, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I feel like we've done them justice. We've honored them. We we have. We've held we totally them. Totally have. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and they so will we, live on oh, as influences through all these other artists. So, exactly. you know, in a sense that they're never kicked out of this tournament. No, they're, they're stamped all over it. Rancid versus the Mighty Mighty Boston's. Again, okay. Rancid severely handicapped. So we are all the way down to Crane Fist from Life Won't Wait. Jail, send, send the man free. Well, the devil's in the 
gotta move. That's reggae. We got. I gotta pick a different song. Okay. So we're not gonna hear that one. Uh, we're gonna hear "Liberty and Freedom." Let's see if this one is ska from "Let the Dominoes Fall." They're gonna keep you down. Step on your neck, can't move no more. The weapon they're choosing is censorship and war. And I can see it all line up now. Everyone is just part of some. You see, one side claims victory, but it's just a zero sum. Liberty and freedom. In quotations, spray painted on the wall. Globalized explosion. Interesting. It's like mm-hmm. slightly diet rancid, but I still mm-hmm. like it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Up against, wait, we already did this. We, we went ahead of impression that I get to Rascal King, right? Last time it was, we, it was a few weeks ago before I had a, by the way, I've been recording this last 40 minutes or so with a seven day old baby in my lap and he's just sleeping. He's yeah. having a good time being held by his dada. Um, but we, yeah, you, you played the card for boss tones, right? And we heard Rascal right. King, yeah. right? We did rain delay. So that means we get a song from a record of theirs. I don't really know a song called where do you go from more noise and other disturbances. This is earlier stuff. Interesting. Kind of, like kind of, I'd say the same thing, like a, a slightly diet Boston mm-hmm. song. I don't know yeah. why that song is so popular. Yeah. There's uh, you know, initially I was like, where's the like growly voice. And um, you know, they, it sounds like they probably took a little while to find their sound, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it still sounds like yeah. Dickie. No, once, me. once he comes in in the chorus, yeah. especially you can hear it. Yeah. Um, but for me, I've, I'll, I'm going to have to go with rancid on this one. Yeah. I, I think it's a, just a better song all around. Um, there's something a, a little, song. the, the horns in the Boston song get a little like, yeah, it's just, I don't know. There's it's, it feels a little like they were, I mean, it, it feels like an early song in their career. Like you can just tell cause there's, yeah. it's so simple. And so this is worth playing because everybody knows that the impression that I get was this huge smash. I think impression that I get came after real big fish sellout. But those are mm-hmm. around the same time. But before that, like a year prior, the Boston song "Someday I Suppose" had started getting uh, pretty significant, like radio play. Not like what impression I'd get would eventually get, 
but like decent. And that was the first like ska punk, like radio, uh, sort of like mainstream success. A lot of people will say someday, I suppose it's kind of that kicked off that mm. third wave of like popular ska punk. Um, you know, we've talked about time bomb from rancid that comes out, uh, after that comes out the a year or two after this. So here's, let, let's just play a little bit of that as we say goodbye to the Boston's because this is just kind of a cool track for sort of setting up the, the narrative. There was a place, and the name of the place escapes me. When I can't remember, it irritates me. Could be I can't remember, could be I choose to not. Let's move along the song and try to find the plot. There was a girl, and I don't know her name either. She gave me love, and I said I'd never leave her. If I did, I'd come back someday and find her. Maybe I will, I should write down her I mean, if if it if it all goes through Op Ivy earlier on, it mm-hmm. all goes through that in '92. Mm-hmm. Like the kind of the thing we're talking about, the whole blueprint is there. Yeah, it's a good one. I really like it's... that song a lot. I don't know what Spotify users are doing listening to "Where Do You Go" more than that song, but <laughs> it's probably on some compilation or something. Might be, yeah, yeah or the you know the the True Heads or whatever. Okay, that m- takes us down to. The final four, the Mount Rushmore of ska punk, Joey. It is less than Jake. The Suicide Machines, Goldfinger, and Rancid. Any surprises in there? No real um, big fish. That's kind of they came up against Op Ivy. That's tough. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not totally surprised that Real Big Fish didn't make it to the okay. final four. Um, yeah. I've always. I mean, they're fine. They don't. Yeah. They've never stood out to me as like a band that completely surprised me. Did um, you expect Mad Caddies to make the final four <laughs> or the Aquabats? <laughs> I guess this um, isn't that surprising of a of a final four. I wondered about Sublime. Um, yeah, me too. And um, handicapped by their own poor taste. Yeah, and I was curious about No Doubt to see if I'd be surprised by how you know, like yeah, but I just didn't know their earlier stuff that well, and I wasn't sure how far they'd make it. Um, Interrupters. I was curious how they'd hold up against some of these older bands um, mm-hmm. that they're obviously like kind of carrying on in the same style of, but they're like a generation later. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, I think this is a good final four. Mm-hmm. Okay. First matchup, Less Than Jake versus Suicide Machines. From Less Than Jake, we get History of a Boring Town from Hello Rockview. She would go, she just got a new job, and she doubts it will last. So let's take a drink and never think it is to the past. She said it's so funny how life burns out so fast. It's just another wasted day. A boring life in a boring town With the same old crowd And I used to say that I'd never stay But I'm riding here today With that same old crowd That's always been around And I always thought I'd be The first to go That same old crowd That drags me down Another day in a boring town Good that track. chorus, that chorus yeah. is felt so '90s to me. Uh huh. Yeah. I don't know what it was about that. Like there was just it was like the distortion. You don't you don't get a lot of that in like 
a lot of this music and hmm. that totally like puts it in that era in a way that I kind of liked. Like it was kind of yeah, fun. It's fun. It takes me back to yeah. a time. Oh, hey, little buddy. You might hear him yeah. a little bit in the microphone. I'm not sure if people can hear that. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely dated. It's they've they obviously have kind of found their sound and like mm -hmm. are firing on all cylinders. Um, this Suicide Machines track is really interesting. It is a cover of like an old country standard. I never promised you a rose garden, mm. but they make it their own and they use strings. I think it is the only song I'm aware of that uh, a ska punk song that has the use of strings in it, at least so prominently. So here's I never promised you a rose. Garden. Do you know this song? I can't say I do. I might. Oh, well, I'm I might excited for you to hear this for the it. first time. This yeah. is great. Yeah. I beg your pardon I never promised you a rose garden Ran along with the sunshine There's gotta be a little rain sometimes When you take you gotta give to me Um, I liked it. The strings are, I can't tell if I like them or uh -huh. if I find them like awkwardly distracting. Um, huh. I, I think they totally work personally. They, yeah. Like it was, it was interesting. Um, you know, you can hear the old country kind of like mm -hmm. lyrically yeah. sound to it. And I feel like they did a good job making it their own. Um, for me, it holds up better than the less than Jake song. It sounds incredible. Yeah. Like, like the only thing that kind of dates it. That might be 2000. Let's see what year is. There's third record, self-titled. Yeah, 2000. The only thing that dates it to this world is his vocal delivery. Mm. That kind of, yeah. You know, that yeah. he does that kind yeah. of thing, which is very of the era. But that sounds so good to me. Like, it, they had a decent budget. They were on a major label for some of these records. That one for sure. Capital, I think. Yeah. No, it was good. Um, Again, like I'm, I'm liking the Suicide Machines, and I'm enjoying them more it. than I used to, honestly, back in the it. day. So, what were uh, you, what were you missing out on, dude? I don't know. I want to play I, one I'm, more Lesson Jake song as we say goodbye yeah. to them. I, I wish that this had come up. I, this is probably my favorite Lesson Jake song, and there are two versions of it. It's on Borders and Boundaries, and then they re-recorded it uh, for another record. Might have been like that was on a major or something. And I like the first recording more because it was okay. on some fat records compilation. And like, that's just the version that I fell in love with. Mm -hmm. It might sound better re-recorded, but I'm going to play that version. Um, so this is Look What Happened by Lesson Jake. We rode across that bridge all night. We talked our way through city lights. Traced all the lines. We're killing time under those buzzing signs. From downtown to anywhere but here.
think that the back and forth vocals work pretty well there mm-hmm. um, between Chris and what's the bass player's name? Uh, Roger, Roger Lima, Roger. Um, like one thing I will say about less than Jake. So we like, we saw them probably five years ago, the punk and Drublick festival and yeah, maybe six or seven, you know, there now, was yeah. at that show was obviously no effects, less than Jake, bad religion, bad religion. Goldfinger, yeah. um, and so several of these bands, and I would say, honestly, like it felt a little bit like less than Jake stole the show at that because they were really good. Bad religion. Like they're amazing. They're bad religion, but they also are kind of just picking up a paycheck at this point, I think in their career. It's, and, you know, it didn't, it felt like it less at punk and Drublick. It felt yeah. like it more when we saw them at, at Showbox Soto in, yeah. in Seattle, that actually felt like you guys, you're headlining this club and like you're you're putting in kind of the minimum effort yeah, here it was yeah. like no crowd interaction they like yeah they clearly played the minimum that they were contractually obligated to play yeah. and then walked off and yeah again they sound amazing so it's yeah. like you're, you kind of get what you pay for but um but less than jake were like they sounded great they sounded better than they do in the studio at least in terms of like my experience with them and yeah um they were like chatting it up with the crowd they were having fun they were like i'd love to see them again man i would they were totally making digs at fat play. mike i remember and yeah. they were like joking that you know fat mike put on a f- concert festival just so that no effects could headline above bad religion exactly which is probably true yeah <laughs> and there's yeah there's like probably a lot of truth to that but um they were just great i felt like they were funny and they just sounded amazing they had like props and like they got the crowd involved so i i really enjoyed them they uh chris demakes the singer has a podcast. I'm sure many listeners know of it. It's called Krista makes a podcast, which is pretty funny. (laughs) And he gets real nerdy as like a songwriter and producer with the songwriters of songs from, you know, roughly speaking, this scene, ska punk rock, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just goes real deep one song per episode. And it is always pretty good and occasionally pretty, pretty great. Um, I'd recommend it if people haven't heard that show. Chris Demakes, D-E-M-A-K-E-S, a a podcast. (laughs) Uh, Okay, Goldfinger versus Rancid. From Goldfinger, we get Spokesman from the album Open Your Eyes. I don't know this song. What happened to Dignity? Did it go away again? Just like some worn out trend. What happened to honesty? I don't see it in the top ten I only see it in what has been Cause I still defend devotion You, you really don't know that song? I don't know that song. That no. was on uh, Tony Hawk, or it was like on a later, maybe, maybe a later, like a game later version of Tony Hawk. Huh. But I definitely, yeah, I when I hear that song, I picture myself doing like crazy airs and flips and stuff um, on a skateboard. So I didn't, I never did that actually on a skateboard, which means it has to have been on Tony Hawk. Yeah, it must be. Yeah, yeah. I, I, maybe I didn't play that game. That's got a little too much of the like, Mike Herrera does philosophy vibe to yeah. it for my liking. 
like sometimes Billy Joe Armstrong will will get this way, will kind of veer into this territory from Green Day, where it's like, mm-hmm. dude, you're not like you're not a philosopher. Uh, I wanna be the minority, like you know. There's, it's like, oh, okay, there's like a line okay. right before you uh, cut the song off where he's yeah. like, what ha- uh, something about what happened to honesty? I don't see it on MTV. All I see is choreography, and I'll never be a dancer. <laughs> Wow. The night, yeah. I always found that to be just like, oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> it's cute, uh, kind of a cute, kind of a catchy chorus, though. Yeah, I, I did like the chorus. Um, let's hope this is not a reggae song. This is Cocktails from Life Won't Wait by Rancid. Oh, she's missing cocktails in a squat down Avenue. I mean, that's for sure going to Rancid, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that's one of... Talk that's to honestly... Me. Well, that's my favorite Rancid album, or yeah. in the top two for me. Um, and that's one of my favorite songs off that album. I love that song. I somehow missed that track in my earlier Rancid fandom. I, I remember having mm-hmm. a very, like, every other track relationship with Life Won't Wait, mm-hmm. and maybe just didn't get to the end that often, other than Corazon Yeah, yeah that was, I, I think, loved. fairly late in the album. But I really like it. I think the the first half of the chorus is a little bit boring, and then they realize that the best thing they've got is that final line, so they repeat it, which yeah. is smart because it's really catchy. Loved the verses. Uh, don't the... think that the harmonica totally works for me. <laughs> it's but, it's an interesting uh, yeah. thing. I was gonna say, you know, um, we we had our first strings with Suicide Machines, and I think that's our first harmonica. But um, yeah, <laughs> that one. Uh, yeah, yeah, the harmonica on that one is probably the weakest point of the song, but. It works. I like it. Well, then we're going to say farewell to Goldfinger. I think that, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, there's not a lot to be said. That that song's pretty much right on its sleeve. And if you're in the market for it, then then it's for you. Um, you know, there is a song that's not as popular as I would have thought it would be. It was also a radio single, at least in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can play Goldfinger out with a clip from Mabel. Uh, I loved this song growing up, and I think it still holds up pretty well. Do you ever like this song? Yeah, I mean, my I think my favorite song off this album was King for a Day. Yeah, that was also kind of a single, right? Yeah, yeah. I think so. That That's a little more almost reggae. Like, it's yeah. a little slower. Um, but yeah, Mabel's great, too. Just, I think it's just a punk track, but yeah, uh, it's fun. I met a Sunday that was yesterday The girl I knew from 1990 Your eyes are hazel, her name is Mabel I kissed her once and now I'm able to walk Oh, 
is the bomb. I'm just realizing that I, I'm a power pop guy, and that's basically a power pop song on a punk yeah, style album. Yeah, I honestly don't like that song. Doesn't hold up for me. Oh, I still really love it. Okay, huh. well, we're gonna have to find a new rancid track to play here because I, I I've got one. Um, You've got one. Let's see. Well, let's see how the numbers look. Yeah. What's the track? Yeah, you're I'm, I'm, I'm of? curious because I've been wa- I've been hope I've been rooting for this one to show up in the tournament at some point. Mm-hmm. What is it? Um, it's the way it is now. I think it's the last track on. Um, let the dominoes fall. I think it's the last track, or that's just the way it is now. I think it's called. That's just the way it is now. Yeah, it's like it's quite a bit lower. I mean, it's not a popular okay. song. No, it's not. But it's it's. I think it's one of their best. Like, but if you do pleasure. that, then you're kind of stacking the deck. I know. So I'm not gonna. That's why well, I was. We can play it. We'll to... play it before. I'll I'll add it to the playlist and we'll play it. It won't. It won't show up end. in this tournament at all, right? It's like, not going to show up in the tournament. Well, no. I can't. What's the, what little, well, like, I, that's not I true. You can do, you could just say, I want to hear that song. I'm going to play my pinch hitter. Well, yeah. I haven't done pinch hitter yet. You haven't used it. So if that's a song you want to hear, then that's what we'll hear. Okay. So then, but first we're going to hear the suicide machine song, which okay. is no face from destruction by definition. about a kid dying and yeah. it makes me want to cry and then pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Yeah, up, that, up, up. that doesn't work very well. Okay. <laughs> a little bit of a juxtaposition there. So you're obviously putting your thumb on the scale here to pick one of your favorite Rancid songs, but yeah, you are I, welcome so to I, do it. I'm hesitant. Um, but I, well, what would the next, what would the next Rancid, is this the final? This is it. This is for the oh, championship. Okay. So well, do then you want Yeah, then I'll. Then you'll what? Well, then I'll, I'll go for it. I'll do my pinch hitter since I've, okay. I can't. But I also kind of feel like this needs to be a joint decision then if, cause I don't mm-hmm. want it to all land on me okay. here. Well, why don't we talk, why don't we see if okay. we can, let's see if we can come to a, a agreement. So here's, that's just the way it is now by Rancid. All right, flash my eyes, blind hear my thighs. Lord knows I'm leaving and I'm never coming back now. One generation dies, next one wins the prize. Big surprise, there's the mice in all of their lives. There's no two legs to live a lie. That's just the way things are. That's just the way it is Falling hero 
Dude, it's for me. It's Suicide Machines by a mile. Is it okay? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's yeah. fine. That's a fine song. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's there's like a there's like a golden energy on the Suicide mm-hmm. Machines track. To me, that sounds like a little bit Paint by Numbers rancid, frankly. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, um, I could I could go either way. Like, I feel like the rancid song. I think hearing it, I think in kind of in light of all these other songs, like it, it feels a little anemic, I guess, for lack of a better word. Yeah. I um, think it's a good word. Yeah. But it's not bad. I mean, no. they, like they're one of those bands, like I'm friends with this band in Seattle called deep sea diver uh-huh. and they, um, we have occasionally talked about songs, songwriting and, and whatever. And they, I don't think that they have like, I'm not like a big influence on them or anything like that. I'm, I'm not trying to make a, an overly uh, big statement there um, or take any credit uh, for Jessica's songs. But like what I tell them is like, in my opinion, you guys are so instrumentally just like interesting. Like everything you guys choose to do instrumentally is cool and interesting. So Mm -hmm. just write the best song you can. And like, I would not worry at all about how, how rad it's going to sound. It's going to sound rad everything you do sounds rad. The songs mm. that really jump out are the ones that are really well written, just like on guitar and voice or piano and voice, you know, um, because they're just so good. And that's kind of how I feel about Rancid. It's like if Rancid just does their thing instrumentally and the sound of his voice and mm-hmm. Lars's voice, mm-hmm. let's not, let's not get Matt on the microphone too often. <laughs> um, but their voices and just the way that they play their instruments, like it's going to be, it's going to be cool. You know, like it's always going to sound good, um, but that's not enough to like take it over the top for me. It's like, but then you also need to, and of course, Tim has so many times that we, we've heard so many of their songs between these two episodes. We're into like the 40th most popular Rancid track at this point. Yeah. 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 No, I would agree with that. Like they, and, and in some ways like that's, you know, probably artistically a little bit of a perilous place to be too for them. Um hmm because if they take any risks at all, like they risk kind of losing that winning kind of formula. And I don't mean formula like their their songs are formulaic, but like in the sense like the combination of all the things that they do well right now, like if they branch out from that too much, it gets a little um it I don't know, it it can it can get lost a little bit. And I, I feel like sometimes the the stuff that I like a lot is more the reggae, um, almost like Tim's solo album, you know, like mm-hmm. that approach to it, um, yeah. which strips some of that other stuff away. That's in a lot of their rancid stuff, mm-hmm. but um, and that song kind of has a little bit of that sound to it. It sounds a little almost like it would have been on his his solo album. Yeah, and um, it's from like only a year apart, right? Yeah, I think. Well, maybe. Uh, yeah, I think I think okay. uh, Poet's Life is '08. Oh, okay. Or, or maybe 2010, and and this rancid album is 2009. So whatever, I could mm-hmm. be wrong about that. Um, um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I like that Suicide Machine song a lot too. So yeah. um, for me, it's, I am torn, um, but I could, I could be, I think I can support that decision. I think we that have, makes- we have crowned the King Rude Boys, Suicide Machines. Uh, I want to play. What you, is, is that what you were expecting? Like, no, were you I'm so, well, it? let's see. My guess 
I guessed that, no, I did. I had them winning, but I had them beating, and I had them beating Sublime, but they had to face less than Jake. And then I had them, and then I had Real Big Fish in the finals. Okay. I thought Boston's would beat Rancid, and I thought Real Big Fish would beat Op Ivy, and then Goldfinger, and then the Boston's. Okay. So, otherwise, I got, you know, those are kind of my big misses on my guesses. Um, I want to play a couple more Suicide Machine songs to give a bit. So we heard two songs, uh, three songs from their first record, and this is a. I want to play something from their second record, and then another from their third record. So this is '98 Battle Hymns, and this is just the opening track, "Someone," which is great. But there's a bunch of great songs on this record. <laughs> The drummer of Suicide Machines, I think I said this before, ended up in Alkaline Trio. Derek, he's fantastic. Um, have you ever heard that record? No, and that's a that's an amazing song. Like just hearing that part of it right there. Yes, that's one of my favorite tracks of theirs that I've heard so far in this tournament. That's cool. Um, okay, so this one I have to play because this is just the funniest coincidence. So I I don't think I now we did part one like a full month plus ago. So I apologize if I've told the story twice. When I got into my first band, the singer's truck for our first band practice, and he was driving me to practice from my house, he was like, our band has two main influences. There's a band from Southern California called Homegrown. <laughs> I remember not, Homegrown. Yeah, they've not aged. Super, they are a Scott punk band that didn't make the cutoff. They've not aged super well. Uh, Homegrown and, and the Suicide Machines. And I was like, cool. And he played them each for me on that drive. And uh, I mean, I immediately fell in love with that first Suicide Machines record, which is what he had. And the name of our band was Permanent Holiday. And the first single from their third record is called Permanent Holiday. Hmm. And I, I mean, the chances, I'm, I'm sure it's just coincidence, but it's kind of a big coincidence. Um, and I always thought it was really funny, but it is also a kick-ass song. So here is Permanent Holiday from the self-titled Suicide Machines album from 2000. Well, just today I was forced to say I'm going on a permanent holiday I'll drop what I'm doing, it's okay I'm going on a permanent holiday Well, left on nose and I'll be gone For a long time, yeah, a long time It's gonna take a lot to bring me back I won't spend another day in this heart attack city That could totally be a Ramon song, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. It's so straightforward. They they just are such a good band, dude. They are such a good band. And I forget, did you say, are they still around? Are they still touring? And they are, and putting out records even. Okay. Um, 
which is, I don't know, that's probably diminishing returns at this point. Did you ever see them in concert? Uh, we, I have seen them. I must have seen them at Warp Tour when I was younger, like when I was in high school, I'm pretty sure. And then I didn't see them until, um, let's see, did they play? We played a show in San Antonio. There was this venue that we would play a lot that had like a, a smaller room and a bigger room. They were like the same building, but they were sort of separate venues. Mm -hmm. Like El Corazon and the Funhouse kind of? Yeah, kind of like that. And we were playing the smaller room and they were playing the bigger room with no use for a name. Mm. And so I got to watch a bit of each of their set, you know, when we weren't playing that night. And I actually hung out with Dan, the guitarist of Suicide Machine. So I think is kind of the main songwriter or at least was. And uh, enough, enough that I recognized him walking around Tokyo years later and Weird. he like knew who I was. That was a complete complete coincidence um he was not coming to our show or anything as I he didn't come it. to tokyo to see you guys play <laughs> no he he lived in tokyo he married a <laughs> japanese woman and okay. moved to tokyo for at least for a while this was 2008 so i don't know if he still wow. lives there um but i just still love that band and those recordings just sound so good to me and, and yeah. hold up so well they've yeah. never left no. my like workout punk playlists you know i ever. will definitely be dipping into this at some point it doesn't feel like wintertime music for me but once yeah. the sun starts coming out again in the spring and i get into my happy summer joey mood i'm gonna start playing these guys dude hell yeah well you know i do have a, a seven day old here who i think is just about to wake up and need to be fed so why don't we call it there thank you for uh yeah, skanking skanking your way through this with me <laughs> skanking our way through the mud I appreciate it, Joey. I mean, I feel like we, we, I f like recording this in multiple parts before and after Stellan was born. Yeah. It kind of feels like we just like straddled a very important historical moment through this podcast episode. We couldn't have chosen a more unimportant genre to pick <laughs> for such, for such bridge, bridge work. Um, and I say that, I say that with a great deal of love for Scott Punk, but it is, it is not uh it is not high art. No, I mean I was gonna say maybe, you know, there's something to say about the bridging of these two genres of ska oh and punk. And I feel like if my I was single child of, life to my two yeah. children life, yeah. I feel like there was if I was firing on more cylinders mentally at this point, I would yeah. have a better connection have to draw joke, there and a metaphor. Joke, yeah. But maybe the metaphor is the, the music that we've been talking about. <laughs> maybe the so. metaphor is the friends we made along the way, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> maybe the action is the juice all right thanks joey thanks for listening yeah, everybody we'll be back with more